from Los Angeles, California. This is the Rider Strike Chronicles podcast, and I'm Tanya Barnes. Hello, everybody. Today is Tuesday, December 11th, 2007, day 36 of the Rider Strike. In the last episode, I said it would be the last in the series of recordings made at the It's All Written reality television show rally that took place last Friday in front of Fremantle Media. But I was mistaken, because this is the final episode of the series. It's with writer-producer Alan Katz. Now, I first met Katz several weeks ago at the Fox Studios rally. Now, at the time we met, he was super cool, answering a lot of my stupid, well, Maybe it's better just to say ignorant questions and schooling me on the issues at stake. Then, flash forward to last Friday, Elle and I met up again, and at the end of the day, we walked to our cars and in a parking lot on Pass Avenue in Burbank, recorded the following conversation. Okay, let's start with what your name is, where we're at, and what's, what the issue was today. Where are we at? Uh, my name is Alan Katz. Among the things I've done in my time here in this town, I used to run a show for HBO called Tales from the Crypt. Oh, okay. And I did that, 75 episodes of that over the course of many, many seasons. I spent two years running, well, co-executive producing a show for Showtime called The Outer Limits. Do you know Bill Froehler? Oh, I know Bill Froelich. How do you know Bill Froelich? I interviewed him. you got to listen. It was a great interview. Bill's a very sweet guy. Yeah. I co-wrote, although he didn't get credit for it, he should have gotten credit for it, he, I co-wrote a screenplay with, with Bill called Children of the Corn 2. <laughs> yeah, so that, that's, that's what I've done. I've also done work in games and, and doing feature films, independent feature films right now. And uh, we just finished the, the rally to try to get Fremantle to to man up and uh, do the right thing for the people that they treat as slave labor. They're, they're story people and, and producers who, who are writers in, in everything but name and, and treatment. Okay. Um, I was asking you before the rally started and we decided to record this later. Um, well, what, what you said. My, I said, I don't want to. And, and I want to give, I wanna, you have to get credit because I, well, I don't think you, you, you appreciated how good a question it was. Well, I didn't want to sound stupid on my own show. You couldn't possibly, you, you, you couldn't. What you wanted to know was why ultimately are we so, you know, why are we so determined to make this deal with the AMPTP when really where the internet is concerned, who needs them? And it is the question that hangs out there. And really, it wouldn't... See, my thing is, is you don't need them, but they need you. What the AMPTP represents is an old-fashioned, still-functioning delivery system for television in the old-fashioned sense, because television in the new-fashioned sense is not being delivered via the airwaves or satellite or through cable. It is being delivered more and more via the internet. Now they're just a series of two series, right? As Ted Stevens said, they represent an old-fashioned way of doing business, just the way the studios represent an old-fashioned delivery system for movies. This too is changing, and we don't need them. And it's you got to think somewhere out there, the notion has occurred to at least one and probably many people, the Googles of the world, the and the Yahoos of the world, and and, and large companies that, in essence, are providers of, of the internet experience. What if we were to create original content 
for ourselves. Independently. Of course, because what they, they don't need to be in business with, with these old dinosaurs. These old dinosaurs don't even quite know, know how, how, how to do that business. They're learning, but ultimately, who needs them? And they're very expensive to, you know, to, to, to partner with because they're such monolithic, inefficient, bureaucratic dinosaurs. If they're such dinosaurs, why are they going up to the FCC on December 15th and asking for more? Because dinosaurs that they are, they're also greedy dinosaurs. They've eroded the laws that separated, you know, a, a company that owned a TV station used to be it couldn't own a newspaper in the same country because in the same they, they were called monopoly. Well, yeah, that in essence, you know, then you, there becomes just one point of view in a, a city or a town. You can then begin to manipulate you know, an election, for instance, because if you own all the media outlets and you, there's a candidate who you think is favorable to, to you, he gets all the press and he gets all the play and he gets all, you know, the niceties. And the other one who probably is, you know, perhaps is in the right in terms of thinking that you're a, a bit of a monster is not going to get any coverage. In fact, you could probably create all kinds of, of, of nastiness about this person so as to destroy them. That was one of the reasons, you know, why the laws were originally created, because it was seen that, that these companies are incredibly powerful. If you put too much power in the hands of these companies, it is horrifically dangerous to our democracy, what, you know, what little is left of it. Well, of course, over the past six years especially, these rules have been eroded and eroded and eroded, and you have a situation where uh, some of the, you know, the, the, the one of the big radio companies, um, um, Clear Channel? Clear Channel, for instance, thank you, Clear Channel, owns multiple radio stations in a market. Well, wasn't that the, 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 the Telecommunications Act in 1996? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is all eroding now. It's all breaking down. They're getting the, the, the FCC to change all this. But ultimately, if there was any an, an iota of, what would I call it, testicular fortitude on the part of the people in Congress who will be having these hearings, you'd have to open up your eyes and, and say, you know, why are they asking for more? Uh, yeah, just for more money, and, and, and is it necessarily a good thing? The answer, inevitably, is, is no. So back to the question, why aren't writers doing it for themselves? They don't need the corporations. There needs to be, because of course the writer has the idea, the writer doesn't have the money. Because mm-hmm. ultimately to, to write this thing and to, you know, to get paid to write it, because that's how you support your family. But also then to take that idea and to have the money to realize it, to put it on its feet, to produce it. Well, can they just be like a startup and get VC funding? Well, you know, there's probably a whole new paradigm that's coming down the road. And a year from now, two years from now, three years from now, we'll look back on this conversation and we'll think, my God, how prescient we were, how, how smart and, and, and how smart that question was, really and truly, that, that this was, you know, we were standing on, uh, at the forefront of a complete and total change in how this all gets done. And, you know, you'll drive by the what used to be called the Warner Brothers lot, which will be, a, you know, where old junk cars are piled up. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, well, I, I, I do vaguely recall they used to make movies there <laughs> back in the old days. Any parting shots as we wrap this up? We'll just have to do it again. Uh, we've got, I, you know, I, I have a, a feeling we're going to, we will have, we will be doing this again for quite some time to come. This is not going to end anytime soon. Oh, really? Your prediction for the strike will end when? 
You know, it, it's not up to us. It's entirely up to the AMPTP. They have not yet negotiated in good faith with us. After all this time, after all the, you know, when, when last week they, they delivered their, their incredible offer, and, and it, was, it was an insulting 98.5% rollback. I mean, it was a horrible offer. And, and then they said, well, part two is coming. You know, stay tuned for part two, which would have been the, the Internet part of the equation, you know, the, uh, the, the electronic sell-through part. And, of course, it never came because it, it, ne- well, they it got never the, existed. Did it not exist or they're waiting for their new PR firm to spin oh, it? Oh, no, it never existed. I mean, we, we made a proposal which, which, was, incre- which was fair and, and, and smart and tiered. And if, if we make money, they or if they make money, we make money. If they don't make money, we don't make money. You know, so ultimately it was fair. But in order for this thing ever to conclude, for any negotiation to conclude, both sides at some point have to negotiate in good faith. It has not happened in this negotiation yet. A time will come when the economic imperative is upon them, and they will suddenly go, okay, it's time for us to make a deal. And then it'll happen very, very quickly. You know, we'll haggle over the numbers, but they'll come. They have not done that yet. So... It is entirely up to them when this ends. They don't want it to. They want to paint us as being the bad guy, which is ludicrous since we have nothing except the idea. So, we will be at this for a while. It would not surprise me if it was well into next year. March, April. A big, a variable is what the DGA does. They're going to break off talks with us, the MPTP. I think that's likely what's going to happen. They'll try to get the talks going with the Directors Guild, and whatever deal they make with the Directors Guild on these issues that are relative to us, they'll try to shove down our throat. Good, bad, or indifferent, they'll try to shove that down our throat. Hopefully the Directors Guild will listen to, I think, 300 of its writer directors approach the leadership. Michael Apted, the president, they said, we need to hold off our negotiation until the negotiation with the Writers Guild is finished. Hopefully they'll do that. We'll see. That will empower us a little bit more. We'll see. Thank you very much. Hey, thank you. You have been listening to the Writer's Strike Chronicles podcast. For more information, visit our blog at wgastrike2007.blogspot.com. 